Hello and welcome to Opinions and Beer. I'm your host, Adam. In just a few short moments, we'll be joined by our first guest, Jerry O'Brien. Jerry O'Brien is, and I'm going to call him this, a professional game show contestant. Uh, he's uh, He has a knack for getting on game shows, and we are going to ask him about that. He was just featured on Wheel of Fortune, so very interesting guest to talk to. And then uh, after that, we have Can- uh, Canadian filmmaker Brandon Rhines. Brandon Rhines. Um, he's working on multiple feature films at the moment and his uh, a live-action comic book series. Let's go ahead. We have a big show today, so we're going to go ahead and move directly into the beer of the day. And today's beer of the day is Carbock Brewing Company's Daymaker. It's a Brut Rose Ale uh, brewed with cranberries and hibiscus. That's a very, uh, it's an IPA. It's a Daymaker IPA. It is 6% in alcohol by volume. The, I'm not seeing the IBUs for this one. Um, you know what? I'm going to make a guess by drinking it. How's that? Doesn't say what the IBUs are. I'm going to take a sip of this right here and tell you what I think the IBU is. Now, I'm, uh, I think the IBUs are probably low. For an IPA, I don't know what's going on. I think IPAs are losing its style. They're they're not in style anymore, so their bitterness is starting to go down. And this is probably I'm gonna say the IBUs are around uh, a 12, 15, maybe a 15 IBU. It has dry and crisp. It's labeled dry and crisp, and it definitely is a dry and crisp beer. I'm not tasting the cranberry unless it's like. Uh, unsweet cranberry. I'm going to give this down the middle. I'm going to give it a five. Solid five. Now, Eamon right now is on the other line. He is with our first guest, Jerry O'Brien. And we are going to go ahead and move right along and get with him. And we're going to go and switch over in three, two, one. All right, Jerry, how you doing? How's New York? Very good, good. Everything's uh, good here. It's actually not that cold right now, but um, it'll be, uh, we're getting, a, I guess, a pretty good uh, cold front um, tomorrow. I don't even know where you're calling from, but it's cold. <laughs> pretty warm. Well, I don't know. It fluctuates here. You never know what to do until we step outside. You like sweat during the day, and then all your pipes will burst at night. Where, where are you guys looking? Oh, we're uh, down here near uh, Beaumont, Texas. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I seen on the news that you guys—I uh, don't know about New York, but I know up there, northern area—they're about to get a pretty cold, like uh, below uh, Antarctica temperatures. That's what I'm hearing. I, I think I I heard somebody say today that you know even north of us, like in the Midwest, north of the Midwest, that it was going to be like 50 below or some crazy number Jesus. like that. Jesus, that's nuts. The other day it was a single digits, and that was bad enough, you know. It must, yeah. it must be all the climate change. So Jerry, this is the uh, Opinions and Beer podcast. We've been uh, slowly growing uh, for about a month now. We even have a uh, a nomination in Uganda of all places. <laughs> It's a very serious. Novel. So it's uh, it's really it's really cool to have you on. Um, is, it, is, it, is it Kamala or Kimchi? One of the only people I know from Uganda. Is that it? Is that uh, yeah. who it is? Uh, Kony. 
No, no, Kamala or Kimchi. Or no, no, it was, uh, it, yeah, was uh, yeah. it was it was Kony twenty twelve. Is what we had. No, no. Okay. No. no. <laughs> That's a joke. Yeah. That's a joke. No, no one that. Okay. <laughs> but uh, but uh, so Jerry, I've been telling everybody that you are a professional game show contestant. But last night, I heard that you did a uh, hospitality sales. Correct. Uh, that's my, uh, my my real career because you can't really. I mean, you can you can't really be a professional game show contestant because most of the time when you when you go on a show, uh, you have signed a contract and you can't be on another show for another year or so. Oh, really? Um, so it's not really anything you can do all the time. Um, and there's, you know, I'm sure we'll get into this, but you, you'll find that uh, you know maybe not something you notice, but now that I put this in your ear and one of like with the uh, like Camino Rich always say the awareness theory is now that now that I, I tell you that a, a lot of the shows if you watch multiple game shows have a lot of the same contestants because it just seems that you just move from one because once you f- they find out that you're okay and you could be on air and you know you don't freeze up and, and you are at least competitive more opportunities come to you oh, wow. wow that's really cool yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh and actually I think uh, you and your wife have been on a few game shows, and you're 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 uh, known as the game show couple. How did that all uh, come about? Mister, Mister, and Mrs. Game Show. We like to call our so all the people call us, but we call ourselves too. No, but um, we uh we so way it started was in 2013. My wife, we would watch Wheel of Fortune a lot, and my wife was really really good at. It. She's much better at it than I am. She's really good at it, and I was like, you know what, you should be on this. And she's and she's a. Uh, professionally, she works for a uh, a nonprofit in the uh, uh, Broadway industry, but she's a she's a she's a singer too, she, professional singer. She gets paid to uh, sing on the side and whatnot. Um, but so I knew she'd be good in front of camera. I wasn't worried about that. And I'm like, you you'd be really good at this. So I kind of unbeknownst to her, I submitted her information and i was like just do this video real quick for me and i, I actually I t- I swear, that's right i took a video that she already had existing of like her singing and talking okay sent that to them um and then uh she got it she got an email that said hey why don't you come to this audition and uh so basically this so i'll backtrack for a second there's two ways to really get on wheel of fortune one is two ways that i'm aware of there's okay. there's one which is a uh, they call it like a, a wheel mobile, I think they call it, which is like a big cattle call. Like thousands of people go to like the wheel mobile will be in Raleigh on the 17th. And then thousands of people show up. You hope to get a, a call to, to you know, they, I guess they read them out somehow. And, and then they take those people and then they invite them to a, to a, a final audition. The way that I think the best way to do is to go through the website because you skip if you can get their attention that way you skip all that and just get the final edition. So she got the final edition in Brooklyn, uh, which is pretty convenient for us. Not that not that far, yeah, so yeah, we, yeah. we drove to Brooklyn and she killed it. Like I, I I could hear I was outside, but I could hear it. She did great, and then she was on the show. Uh, and she won forty two thousand in a trip to Hawaii. Oh this nice, twenty thirteen, and then um. You know, it was great. It was great. And she's she was the first half of her episode she was very nervous, but then eventually she got she got she got better and uh she wasn't nervous for the show, she was nervous because she was next to Pat, which is the same position I was in. Oh, the first yeah, the yeah. ring spot. We, we actually which saw I mean, that. I, what? I said I said we actually saw that. Like I I could oh, tell when watching it, like I was like, Man, being right next to Pat, like that 
Yeah, I wish I wish I would have been in the third, second, or third spot to be honest with you. But there's nothing I can do. But I was the first, so they tape. I'm kind of jumping around here, but they tape six shows a day. Yeah. Um. And so Pat and Vanna, really, I, my understanding is that they only work about 39 days a year, and in actual taping episodes, <laughs> because they tape they tape a full week, and they tape an extra day. Uh, so so six six episodes a uh, a day. Um, I was on the first episode, the first spot on the first episode, just by random draw. They 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 have everybody come up and you pick a, out of a hat. So it was completely random. Um, and yeah, <laughs> so, so uh, I ended up in the first spot on the first day. I kind of wish, I kind of wish a first episode. I kind of wish I would have got a little, but you know, I was I was also ready to go in a way too. So I was ready just you know like oh and it, you know they. They do such a good job behind the scenes in, in making you comfortable, and so I was like, you know what, let's let's just go. Yeah, yeah um, get it done. But anyway, yeah, so yeah, so she was she was on in 2013, and then I was like, you know, I feel like I could be good on a game show too. So I was like, let me go try out for Millionaire because at the time, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was filming here in New York uh, in Harlem. So I went to um, I went to the ABC studios where it was filming at the time. Um, actually, that wasn't in Harlem. That was doesn't matter in, in midtown and i went there I, I i took a test uh it's a it was like a 30 question test you had 10 minutes to complete it and then if you got it uh passed or whatever the number is they don't tell you what the number is but whatever the number is then you go on to talk, speak to an assistant producer then i um then i went then I, I guess i passed that then i went to talk to a regular producer and they asked you three questions on camera i got all three of those questions right and i felt really good leaving i was like i feel like i'm gonna get a call and i got a call shortly thereafter then i was on who wants to be a millionaire in 2013 um that same year we took the trip down my uh, my wife won uh to hawaii uh which is kind of funny to think about <laughs> when you get to episode um but uh, yeah, so you know, so I went on once we made her. I had, I did, I did well there. Uh, Sixty-eight thousand five hundred. Um, not, not too bad. For yeah, we've seen it. <laughs> we've seen that. Yeah, we watched the whole episode. It was very interesting. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks, thanks. Yeah, it was fun. And then, uh, you know, then we kind of took a break a little bit because uh, you have to wait a year. Then, then we got a call about a show called Karaoke Showdown, which was a which only lasted the a season um you know I, i'll just say it, it was only lasted a year uh it was a different experience we'll just say it was it was but everybody was nice and craig robinson from the office and much other things hosted and it was like a uh, it was like a spin-off of a, a, one of those james corden you know uh carpool karaoke kind of stuff yeah 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 um, and it, like i said it lasted about a season i think it was on what was called Spike at the time. I think the show is now, the network's now called Paramount. But um, it was a fun experience. We got to go. We they flew us both out. We were a team. Uh, we got, uh, we really got that from them emailing us on a list, and then we had a Skype interview similar to this, but it was an on camera one. And um, and then I got to uh, yeah. We, they flew us. They flew us out to Vegas, and we had a good time with that, and it was fun. And then uh, I think around. Maybe it was before or after that. My wife was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. It might have been right, like a year, maybe a year before. That might have been a year before that. So each one was at least a year apart. My wife was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. They, they, that was that didn't go as 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 well as it. Whatever other things have gone, but it was, it was still a fun experience. And um, 
And then, you know, smash cut to uh, me last night, uh, my episode that aired last night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, how, how well did you did you guys do on the uh, karaoke one? Yeah, I imagine that with uh, your wife's singing capabilities, yeah. Yeah, un- unfortunately, it was not the uh, it was not the the quality of the singing that, that mattered. <laughs> it was the um, uh, <laughs> but no, we, we uh, so the way that worked is that we, they put us up against uh, another couple or two two girls. Um, it wasn't exactly clear to me what they. I uh, whatever. I have my own theories on what their profession was, but that's a different story. Okay. Um, and then uh, they uh, they put us up against this other this couple, uh, this two these two girls, and then uh, they had another pairing face off. So we won our pairing that was in like the backseat of the uh, uh, almost like it was basically like cash cab but karaoke. Um, and uh, we won we won that, and then we advanced to the final round, and then the other couple the other duo one and one of the guys was a professional dancer so oh, they so they cheated it was kind of tough so they yeah, ended up beating us in the finals but we, I, we did won like 1500 and a free trip to vegas so not yeah. bad oh yeah that's not bad at all that's not bad now you actually i uh, i hear that uh, you actually got your first taste in game shows with the uh, the weakest link what happened with that well okay so funny yeah so actually Actually, it's not even really my first taste. I, when I was a kid, um, I uh, I went to I, I didn't I didn't get it, but I auditioned for a show that was I think it was called. It's there's a version of it now that stars I can't think of it, but it's like a Ricky Gervais and Fred Savage show where they talk to kids. But I think I, I, the name of the show escapes me. But I was real young, five or six, and I, I was always kind of not theatrical, but uh, my you know I thought maybe I could do some stuff and my uh i don't know i'm like i'm not an actor i don't sing or anything but i was like yeah, I, I'll, I'll try it i was like maybe seven or eight i went on i can't remember the name of the show it'll come to me but basically it was it was like um uh kids describe something to 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 uh to contestants and, and the contestants had to describe i remember having to describe a hamburger randomly um and i guess like <laughs> that didn't work out for whatever reason and then i just didn't even think about it till um to about 2000 2001 i uh let me see how this worked out so i uh weakest link i'm i'm living in orlando i'm from new york as i mentioned but and you can tell by my accent but (laughs) i uh i I lived in orlando florida for a while i worked for disney for um for a number of years too and um i did uh i auditioned for the weakest link they came down there and i i I knew I did really well. Like I answered all my all my questions right, um, and then I they flew me out to L.A. Um, I don't remember what studio it was, but I remember it was the same studio that twenty you know ten maybe I guess at that point fifteen years before that or ten years before that they had filmed um, Saved by the Bell because it was all Saved by the Bell random things still there, which didn't make any no sense because that show had been off for like ten years, but it's what I remember. Oh, it was where Jay, because I, that's right, I saw Jay Leno's car, so it was wherever, wherever the Tonight Show taped at that time. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anyway, yeah, so then, yeah, so I auditioned for The Weakest Link, I got flown out to uh, LA, and I, I don't know, I don't know exactly what happened, but, um, I didn't get on, but I got uh, I, like I got free trip to LA out of it. I answered all my questions right in in the practice round in front of everybody. I surmise, and this is just me, my maybe my ego, or whatever. But I'm saying I didn't get on because I got all the questions right and, and nobody else got all the questions right. But oh, who, yeah, who, no, who knows why I didn't get on? I didn't get yeah, on. Of course. Um, but so I was the alternate, and but I got a free trip to LA out of that. 
Yeah, you oh, would have. You would have. Cool. Left everyone in the dust. It wouldn't have even been. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know what? In that show, though, it probably it doesn't work well to answer the questions. Right? I don't know if you remember the format of that. Yo, oh, yeah, I loved yeah. it. Well, right. I love that show. You can't, you can't cut right away. So. <laughs> I love it. You, you are the weak link. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Exactly. Exactly. Great, exactly. Great stuff. Um, so how different are the behind-the-scenes of these game shows? Yeah, because you've given us a little bit into it thus far, but could you delve a little bit deeper into it? Sure. Um, so, like any like any production that, at least that I'm aware of, there's a lot of hurry-up-and-wait, which is, you know, you have to be there early. Um, uh, one, thing I, one thing I think people might find interesting is... Uh, you, you, do you remember? Do you remember the movie Quiz Show? Yes. Um, you know, from like the nineties or whenever it came out. Oh yeah, out. I love that show. Um, yeah, yeah. Which which was basically yeah. based on the they called the Quiz Show scandals, where the where the producers were feeding um, answers to contestants. Oh. So since then, um, they have what they refer to as, and it's not really called this, referred to as Game Show Police, uh, which is essentially compliance. Um, there's like an outside company that does compliance to make sure that everything's on the up and up. So you have to sit through a, a session with them to say what you can and cannot say. And that's why I didn't, re- I couldn't really say anything until my episode aired. Okay. So I, I, yeah, like, yeah. as when I, Adam and I were talking, um, you know, I said, Hey, you know, I'm happy to do this. When he asked me, I'm happy to do this, but I have to clear it with, with real fortune. So I, I, ha- I had an, uh, the email of the publicity guy. I got the okay, and that's why I'm able to talk. He's like, yeah, you can talk about it. Experience. They he pretty much said I can say whatever I want, you know, so, which is good. Um, well, but yeah, so there's, there's, there's a lot to hurry up and wait. So, what, what Which show did you enjoy your time on the most so far? I would say I think the I think the the experience of Wheel of Fortune was the best because um, you know there's just a lot of there's a lot of history in that studio that show's been on for so long they have like when you walk through the studio um, you know if you're ever in LA you can just you know you don't necessarily have to be on the show you can go and be in the studio audience but it's cool that they have almost like a a museum as you walk in that's it just you just feel you feel like a different level of um professionalism and as you know it's kind of like i would say like major leagues of game show if that's a thing you know um and i you know it just it, the, there's a lot of producers they, they have their um associate producers they they have their uh well, i don't even know if they're called testing coordinators whatever their term is they have their stick down you know they they they, they take you through everything. They make sure you know, have all the information. Make sure you have the rules. Make sure you understand. Everything's on the... Yeah. Not, not, not that everything wasn't on the up and up in the other shows, oh, but yeah. everything <laughs> is, is done a little bit po- more polished. Yeah. We're, we're going to get a whole well, lot I mean, of angry who wants to be a millionaire guest on here. No, no. no. But, well, you know what I will say, though? I, I, <laughs> I enjoyed Millionaire. Um, I think the difference, though, the difference for me is that it's two completely different shows in the contestant experience because when I'm when I'm when I was practicing for when I was practicing for Wheel of Fortune, um, uh, you know, they there's other contestants. So I, I, I am. I am there, and I'm competing against two other people. Um, it was just a different kind of a vibe, but the way they, they handle it, I think, was great. And in Millionaire, you know, I was in the green room with some people, and I met some really cool people, and I think most of the people that I even dealt with aren't there anymore. Yeah. Um, but because uh, a lot of them were – so I came like a, a year 
I think I came one year after Meredith Vieira left. Um, I was, I, I was, my host was Cedric the Entertainer, as you guys might have saw on the thing. So yeah, he was yeah. only there for one season, and I thought he was great. By the way, he he, uh, he was really nice. I, I enjoyed my rapport with him. Um, you know, most of these shows because they, they keep everything um, valid and, and uh, transparent. That you know, you don't really have a lot of interaction with with the hosts except for when it's on camera, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, sure. And uh, but I definitely enjoyed all my experiences. I mean, I guess I the I would say the only one that I wish would have gone differently would have been um, the weakest link because I would have liked to got up, getting on and even gotten on and even um, even uh, uh, karaoke showdown was was fun. You know, it's, it's one of those things, man. Where I would say that everything has been great, I, and I look forward to doing a, a more of them hopefully in the future. Um, but yeah, there's just a millionaire. I mean, with Will Fortune being so fresh in my mind too, I yeah. just gotta say they, they're just great over there. Yeah, and, and Will Fortune. I mean, they still have most, if not all, of the original uh, original uh, people. The host. Yeah. I mean, millionaire. Yeah. The host is changing now. It's not you the know Regis anymore. Is just you know so far above. And look, I'll, I'll I'll throw in one. Okay. So I mean, you've you're you've discussed the game shows that you've been on in the past. Uh, what you've just recently been on, Will of Fortune. Uh, what are you looking for as far as the future? Like, what would you prefer? Like, if you could choose which show to be on in the future, which one would you choose? It's an interesting question because I've been back and forth. And I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, I guess, is Jeopardy. But the only my only challenge with Jeopardy, and this is going to be a weird thing to say, is that it is super hard. And I think I'm really good at trivia. Um, it's it's obviously very hard. Um but I think with with as difficult as it is, the money is not up to level of the difficulty. For example, in my 22 minutes a millionaire, I won 68,500 and I would have to win three to four episodes of Jeopardy to you know to get that probably. Mm-hmm. What does a winner usually get 15 to 20 grand maybe? Yeah. Um, so that's the only issue with that. but I think, I mean, I guess I would say Jeopardy, but I, you know what I'm also intrigued by? Is I'm very intrigued by Deal or No Deal being back, too. Even though it's a completely yes. different kind of show, and, and I prefer things that are more... Um, a chance? You know, I'll give you, I'll give, yeah, I'll give you a good analogy. So I'm not much of a, a gambler, but um, I like poker. I, so I play. if I'm ever at a casino, I play poker. The reason being okay. is I feel like while there is an element of luck to it, and, and there is an element of the house... The house doesn't really have an advantage of poker as opposed to every other game. The house takes a rake, but the house doesn't care which one of the players wins. And so that there's, so it takes away the house advantage of that. There's no house advantage. And I like something where I can take my skill. I, I mentioned poker in, in Wheel of Fortune, too. Um, uh, I, take, I, like, I, like, I like my chances to be able to take my skill to see how well I can do against other people. Luck is certainly a part of it, but I... That's the reason that if I'm in a casino, which I'm not that often in a casino, but if I am, that's where I gravitate to poker. So I kind of tend to gravitate more towards the shows where I feel like I can control it, good or bad, whether I, you know, and, and Wheel of Fortune, there's an element of the wheel, which I couldn't really control. That was the frustrating part. But everything else that I could control, I feel like I played pretty well. I solved a lot of puzzles. So I'm very happy with how I played. Um, I just, you know, bankruptcy got me a couple times. So I, yeah. I guess, oh, the, I guess my answer, 
I'm I was sorry, livid. I was livid when I was watching it. Every time it hit bankrupt, oh, I almost punched something. I was so pissed. Yeah, and we seen you were checking it to see if it was weighted yeah. or not. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. I know, and the, uh, um, you know, but like the way I, the way I'm looking at it is that I'm looking at like. Look, I was on. I got to be on Wheel of Fortune. I I won a, I won just under ten grand. I won a trip to Hawaii, um, and you know I only lost by like three hundred and fifty bucks. And considering the yeah, other that's... contestant, Amy, who was very nice by the way, because it was funny, she was. Um, so there's two hotels you stay at, or they recommend you stay at, and I guess everybody stayed at the other one except me and Amy. So Amy was the only person I actually saw before the taping day. Um, we just kind of figured out we both, we didn't, you know, you don't really talk or anything, so I didn't really say it. I was like, hi, how you doing? Good luck, good luck, and that was pretty much it. Uh, but it's funny, she was the first contestant I actually met of that day. Um, but... Uh, I kind of lost my train of thought here, like but but I was what I was going to say was I just yeah. uh, you know I, I'm happy with how I played considering the bankruptcy, you know. Yeah, yeah, that was just luck, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, I see that you're into uh, the the gambling stuff, kind of. You uh, you're doing the uh, the Royal Rumble pool and all that kind of stuff in the groups. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you also uh, I think you started playing that HQ that HQ game. Yeah, I, I play that. I play that a lot, actually. I, I um. I've won like 11, 11, 12 times, um, you know, and for a grand total of like four bucks, but you know, <laughs> you don't really win anything. Um, or my, you, you know, the other day they had WWE trivia the other day and I'm like, I'm definitely going to kill this. And, um, and I won that, but I won 21 cents, you know? So it's like, Ooh, but what? you don't really, you don't really do that for the money. You do that just for something fun to do. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I definitely like HQ a lot. Yeah, I, I I had never heard of it until I seen that you were playing. I'm like, what is this? It's like some game show app. It's a game yeah. show run by some comedian dude. <laughs> yeah, but it's good. And they, they have uh, they have sports. They have um they they just it's funny enough with the speaking of fortune. They just started some called HQ Words, which is basically real fortune. It's uh it's you're solving hangman type puzzles. Well, that's fun. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so the big question everybody, uh, always asks and always wants to know this, uh, this Huge. gift tax, Huge. this gift tax, the money earnings, uh, do they tax you before, after, uh, do the, uh, are the, do the different game shows tax differently? Probably depends on the uh, you have to like, yeah. just, uh, watch your taxes whenever you have to pay at the end of the year. Like, how's that work? Sure. So basically here's how it works is it, it depends on Okay, so for Wheel of Fortune, um, this will be my uh, my episode just aired yeah, last night. So it, so I'll get paid in the 2019 year. So this won't be I won't have to do the taxes for this until you know next April or whatever. But basically, what happens is, um, in my experience, you, uh, you lose about 40 percent, um, and uh, you lose about 40 percent of, of the prize. Jesus um, Christ. Yeah, That's you know, kind of a it, it is, it, it's one of those things where I, 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 you know, I look at it like, you know, for, uh, you lose forty percent of, you know, I rather I rather have sixty percent of something than nothing of it. So you know, I look at whatever. That's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the trips, with the trips. So I've I've actually never won a prize. Like I've never won a car or anything like that. Um, so I can't talk to that. But I will say that from the trips, what what they do for Wheel of Fortune is they um they give you additional cash to cover the tax so in the seven thousand uh, dollar value of my trip is the 
the trip plus a thousand dollars, quote unquote, spending cash. That um that covers taxes. But it's not really spending; it's just covered taxes. So oh, okay, well, that's pretty so crazy. That, that's, me with that. Yeah, that hurts me. I I don't know. I guess that just that just hurts. <laughs> I thought it'd be I thought it'd be like I don't know. Yeah, taxation is theft. <laughs> taxation is yeah. theft. But but it it is what it is. Like you said, you know, sixty percent is better than nothing. And I yeah. mean, you know, you're having fun while you're making it, so. Exactly, and it's for 22 minutes of work. I mean, I, I, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, can't, you, can't, you can't really, you can't really argue with that. So, like, yeah. So when my, so what's funny is also when my, just to backtrack on this, when my wife was on Wheel of Fortune. Um, you know, I got to run on stage when when she when she won because she won the bonus. Uh, she did great on that. Like I told you, yeah, but yeah, she yeah. won the trip. She won a trip, and she won a trip to Oahu, which is exactly where I won the trip to. So <laughs> we're gonna be—I think we're gonna be the first people ever to get two free trips <laughs> from the same show um, to the same island. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, they'll, how much, they'll be putting up your picture for sure. How much money in total? I think you kind of uh, you, you did kind of touch on it, but we'll just go back to it. Uh, how much money in total have you and your wife walked home with? No, we promise uh, we don't work for the IRS. We're just yeah, yeah, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I uh, well, walked home or before. Uh, so, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll finish the tax thing. So, uh, what I'll tell you is that uh, just to jump back on that. So, if you, I live in New York. So, if I when when I was on Millionaire. Um, it was taxed. I had to pay New York state tax and uh, federal tax, and that, that equals about to forty percent. Um, the for um, for Wheel of Fortune, which was in California, I'll have to pay California state tax and federal because it's where the money is earned that matters. Oh, uh, that's, that's a big so deal. I so that one year in. Uh, the one year that we were on that show that in Vegas, I want to I, I want to say that we ended up paying California too, only because the production company was based in California, even though we filmed in, in Nevada. I don't think I paid Nevada. I think I paid California taxes. So you pay whatever state is the production company is and or filmed at, and then federal. Are California taxes higher than New York? Uh, yeah, I think they are. I mean, New York. I think they are, but high, I don't. But, but I mean, California's it's not outrageous. like you know. It's not. I don't think it's tremendously so. I don't remember. Right. I will say that I, if I remember right from when my wife won it, that she it got taken directly out. The California got taken directly out. <coughs> Excuse me, but the um, but the federal you're responsible for paying yourself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, a few questions here for you, yeah. if you don't mind me asking. No. Nope. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, here's question number one. Yep. Though it might sound like a children's book character, which of the following names belongs to the president of Nigeria between the years of 2010 and 2015? A, successful Peter. B, nice guy Abraham. C, handsome Alan. Or D, good luck, Jonathan. You know, I'm, I, this is, I'm going to say an educated guess. I'm going to say nice guy, whatever the nice guy one was. Okay, you say B, nice guy, Abraham. Uh, the correct answer was D, good luck, Jonathan. Oh, no idea. Yeah. You didn't know that? <laughs> I, I, you know, you didn't tell me I was answering questions yet because I usually that, charge, I have to win money for that, man. That was on your episode. <laughs> that was on your episode of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? What? <laughs> that was one of the questions on your Who Wants to Be a Millionaire episode. 
Well, he, no, that was the uh, that was that wasn't one of my questions. That must have been the one that was in the commercial. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was. I was hoping. Yeah, I was gonna questions. try to throw you off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> is there anything that we didn't touch on that you would like to uh, mention? Um, no, I uh, I would say that. Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. I, I would say that. Uh, uh, yeah, I think you asked me about the total amount one. I think I don't think I ever answered that. So I, I never sat down and figured it out. But I would say so sixty eight five plus forty eight, let's say, plus fifteen hundred plus a thousand plus uh, sixteen, whatever my total was, sixteen eight hundred. So whatever that equals to, I guess it's over a hundred. Hundred oh, yeah. K. It's definitely over hundred, but um, you know, hundred so somewhere between one twenty five, I would guess, somewhere around there. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Not not at all. So real quick, um, I've got kind of a a, a big question for you. Um, if anyone is trying to like get on any of these shows, maybe somebody uh, younger is like listening in. What kind of advice would you have for them to try and uh, you know push push forward? So I think. I think the secret, and it's something that's funny. Um, uh, we we have my wife and I have have I don't want to say trained is not the right word, but given advice to a couple people who were auditioning, and most of them have gotten on. Um, I would say that the key is there's a couple of things. There's one that you want to be super, super, super positive, and what I mean by that is you want to you want to be you want to be sincere in your positivity, but you want to be positive. For example. I have a friend who is super, super positive. Um, but I don't know. Like some, some reason you have to find you have to find the right you have to find the right uh, uh, balance uh, of of personality to to be on the show. And and so when I auditioned, I'll tell you this: when I auditioned Wheel of Fortune, I didn't feel that comfortable with it because I, I feel like I, I didn't play as great as I, I could have. But what I remember, my wife told me, and what I've known from my experience from other ones. Was that if you remain, if you sit there and smile and you clap and you just you're into it, that really goes a long way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, I think that's the reason that I got on, to be honest with you. And I think it also helps if you know you're not, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a big guy and everything, but I think you know it helps to have, have a pleasant looking, you know, have an Irish looking pleasant face, I guess, or whatever. And <laughs> that helps, I guess. Um, and I would say that you just you just have to be. You have you have to know what you have to know the material. You have to know what the the it's about about what the uh, um, game is about. Know the gameplay, but but attitude is the most important thing for sure. Yeah. And you and you have to not even if you don't if you don't do if you, when you're auditioning if you mess up or whatever you um you know you just have to just keep being positive about it. There was somebody who had auditioned recently for Wheel of Fortune, and I don't think this person. This person told me they were auditioning after they already auditioned, um, or they're just about to go into it. And, and my only advice was just be positive. You know, just clap your clap to your hands hurt, whatever. And the person's response to me was, "Ah, uh, that's not really me. Um, I don't know if I could do that." And I was like, "Okay, good luck." <laughs> you know what? You, 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 you want to be like. I'm not saying it's me either. I'm not like Mr. Pollyanna positive all the time. But you have to, you you have to amp up your personality and and be be the kind of person that people want to watch on TV. Yeah, exactly. Um, you definitely came and, and, and off as, that like, wanna, they, That producers are going to want to work with. Yeah. So I, I'd say the most important thing is attitude um, and have a positive one and just um, being confident, too. You can't really um, 
you know, you just have to be confident in what you're in what you're saying, and confident in, um, in 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 every every part of it, and just and just be calm. And so, what I didn't know before I was on a show the first time that I, I mean, I get nervous like anybody else, but I don't get paralyzingly nervous. So it's you know, so I can handle it, and I think that's the key. I always say like it. it the only thing that kind of irks me sometimes is when somebody will say something like, "Oh, I would have, I would have gotten that right," or "Oh, I would have. Why <laughs> yeah. didn't you do this?" I'm like, you know what? Shut up. Get on the show and do better than me if if, if you think you can. Yeah. Um, it's like, but, kind uh, of like you know, what you were saying was almost like they're bit. icing you, you know? Yeah, yeah. That that annoys me a little. What just happened? What just happened? Jerry, are you still there? Oh, shit. Fuck, what happened? I really annoyed him. Is still on? What's going on? Well, it's showing that the call is still there, too. You there, Jerry? Hello? Oh, hey, sorry. There's we, a, we had lost you for for uh, probably about twenty seconds there. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I don't know what you missed, but I, I guess I was just saying that a you know, positive attitude is where you want to where you want to be, and um, you know, and you know, look presentable, look nice, uh, get a haircut, you know, just 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 try, just, just try to try to look presentable, try to try to be try to be pleasant pleasant looking um, when you're on TV. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Jerry, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I just want you to know. Appreciate it. Yeah, th thank you so much for having us on. That was Jerry O'Brien. Uh, man, good luck, and I hope to see you on future game shows, man. Oh, yeah, I'll be rooting for you for sure. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Right, thank bye. you. Well, that was a very fun interview with Jerry O'Brien. Uh, I really hope to see him again in the future on future game shows. Um uh, apologies for the the mild audio issues we had during that interview. Hopefully we can fix it up. Something weird is going on with our audio, and I apologize that this keeps happening. Uh, we will continue to investigate it. Uh, we assume to fix it sometimes, and then sometimes it just reverts back to these, uh, this weird quality that we uh, are, aware, are well aware of, and we are trying to work to fix it. Please bear with us. But we are moving on now. Hopefully, we uh, audio-wise, it does a lot better on this one. Uh, we are moving on to uh, Canadian filmmaker Brandon Rines. Um, he is on the other line with AMN as we speak. So we are going to go ahead and jump on over there. And three, two, one. Okay, uh, this is Opinions and Beer, Mr. Brandon. Admit that I have to admit that uh, you know, the pop-up interviews we do is, is very low planning and off yeah. the cuff. Keep it, keep it fresh. Yeah, so we're definitely going to mainly base this on whatever you're looking to promote or, or, or uh, show off, uh, essentially. Like, we want to know as much about you as we can in the, in, you know, the short time that we have with you. Cool. Let's do it. All right. So, uh, Mr. Brandon, uh, was that Rhines? Is that correct? Rhinus. Rhinus. Mr. Brandon Rhinus, you are a writer slash director. Uh, yes. You are from, is that Edmonton, Canada? Yep. 
how are the hell's life in Canada right now? It's uh, a little chilly, but uh, uh, it's not too bad. Yeah, things are going very well career-wise. Um, so I guess I couldn't be happier at this point. Uh, I see that you are you're working on quite a few projects. How do you uh, how do you work on so much stuff? Uh, it's got to keep busy, you know. I'm like I'm an indie indie writer, indie filmmaker. You know, I'm not I'm not making the millions yet, so I got to um, basically keep cranking stuff out in order to keep the whole operation going and keep the bills paid. Um, so I have to you know just write a ton of scripts and uh, you know just start producing movies and raising money however I can and just like keep cranking stuff out the best I can and uh, I'm having a great time doing it staying on top of the grind I mean how yeah. do you find time for all that well, I do this full time so I just you know work all day and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, spend my time wisely I write fast and you know shoot projects as quickly as possible and delegate uh, tasks that I am unable to do and we have a great team and uh, yeah I just make it happen so um can you walk us? Can you walk us through your uh, your your the process, the casting process, like uh, some uh, for some of your uh, more uh, favorited films? Um, casting. To be honest, like I, I just I'm not a big fan of the casting process. Like I don't mind you know, picking the actors and stuff, but just the whole audition thing. Like I really just don't like doing it. It's you know, it's ultimately my responsibility, kind of as the director producer. But I usually have other people kind of take the helm on that um it kind of varies for each project for like kind of my first feature cold comfort we did open auditions we just rented this like hotel room boardroom for the day and i think we had like 60 some people come in and it was just a it was a long tedious process so when we did hot box in november my second feature um we just kind of did like video auditions where basically we accepted um like demo reels and resumes from people and then we kind of just picked the top, like, two or three who would be best for the role. And then um, okay. those people came in for auditions, so we didn't just have to see, you know, a whole ton of people. We could just kind of narrow it down beforehand. And that made it much more easier to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Um, for some of my projects, especially smaller ones uh, with a smaller cast, I kind of already know which actors I want who would be best for the part. So we usually just kind of... You know, I even write with people in mind, so we'll just contact those actors, send them the script, ask if they're interested, and then cast them right there, and we just skip the whole auditioning process altogether. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you don't mind telling me a little bit, uh, what's, what's some of your past projects been like? What's some of your background that led you to where you are right now? Um, well, I kind of, like I went, I've always been writing, and even when I was a teenager and stuff, I kind of would like dabble in filmmaking, just kind of on the side for fun. I never really took it seriously um, until about like say four years ago, um, and I got I got laid off. For, I, you know, I started selling a few scripts here and there, mostly just shorts, and then I got laid off from my day job, and it was kind of right around the point where I was almost you know making enough money at writing that I could pay my bills. So I was like, you know what, like if I just wrote all day instead of in my spare time and you know just started selling scripts like I might be able to make a living at it and you know I figured I'd just take it a month at a time and if I ran out of money I would just you know go find a job now um, it's like two or three years later and it's I'm still going I'm still doing this full time and just you know been able to make ends meet um so I started making some you know low budget short films and then you know they started to get better and then kind of started getting more attention and, you know, able to raise more money and get better crew, better actors and all that. And then, 
Um, so I made my first feature called Cold Comfort uh, in April of last year. Um, it's still in post-production. We signed with a, a distributor uh, for that one. So hopefully that will be out fairly soon. And then I followed it up in November with Hotbox, which is like a, a stoner comedy. And that was like an amazing experience. We had like such a big cast and crew. Um, for Cold Comfort, we had like, I think five or six like speaking roles. <laughs> and uh, Hotbox had like 57 or 58. Um, so the cast just you know, grew like way more. And then our crew was huge. And it was such a like a fun experience. We actually shot it like uh, we shot it in 11 days. Originally planned for 12. But everything went so smoothly. We finished a day early. Oh wow! Um, yeah, that's that almost hoping, never happens. I know it was. Yeah, uh, that's really. It's like an impressive. anomaly. I think people are going to be talking about that for years to come. <laughs> how awesome that went. There was no problems. I mean, we had a like a friggin' blizzard, and you know, roads were bad, and uh, you know, things like that. But you know, one car hit the ditch, and we had to drag them out. But uh, other than that, like it just like it could not have gone better. And we actually, um, the trailer's almost done. Should be you know, in the next couple days, we'll be releasing the the hot box trailer and we have a rough cut of the film done. So a few people have seen the, the rough cut of it. And it's, um, I think it's going to be, I think people are going to like it. I can't wait to you know, <laughs> yeah, have a and screening the, and you'll release it to the world and, you know, get, get it in front of people's eyes. Yeah. With the recent laws that have just taken place as well. I mean, I can't imagine that this, you know, that there'd be a worse time to release a, a stoner comedy. <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, I honestly, I never played, people think that I planned it like that, but it just, it didn't, you know, I just had to, kind of had the concept in my head, and then, you know, decided to do a new project, and and the next thing you know, it's kind of like, oh, we're going to be shooting, you know, like, starting like two or three weeks after legalization, you know, it's kind of <laughs> perfect time, it just, you know, I guess the, the stars just aligned. And yeah, 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 yeah. Would you say that the hot box is, uh, has so far been your uh, favorite film to work on? yeah. I definitely I like all all my films to some degree, but that was the one. Like it, um, I think everyone could just kind of see the potential in it. So everyone just worked hard, and you know it was such a just a fun experience. There are other ones where you know um, it's not necessarily not fun, but you know when things start going wrong or you're behind schedule, and you know it just kind of the the pressure's on. It's uh, it, it becomes more work than fun. Yeah. Whereas Hotbox, you know, we worked hard, but it was still just there was very little pressure because um, we I don't think we ever got behind schedule or if we did we somehow caught up um, so it was more just like you could use your creativity more than just having to go as quickly as you can because you have to be out of the location by a certain time you know it was just, it was nice just to be able to you know use that time to kind of use your creativity instead of just trying to rush through things right right what um what are some of the hardest what's the, what's some of the biggest problems that you run in? That may lead to some of these frustrations. Um, but honestly, money is always always the problem. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm sure every indie filmmaker has the same issue, um, and it's just I, I hate having to. It's something is not the best I can do because we just can't afford to do it better. Mm. Um, I hate just having to cut corners because like it's like we we can't afford to do this. We have to do it the cheap way, and it just like it kind of like. Um, that really damaged the film, but it's just like it's just one thing in there that I wish we could do better. Um, and I'm getting better at you know maximizing production value based on our budget. Um, and Hotbox is great because you know everyone just kind of came out to help, and we rented this uh, kind of like mini mansion uh, from the city. 
Um, the city owned this property, and you know, no one had lived there. It was just this big empty house. There was no running water, um, so we had to rent a porta potty. But um, but there was power and everything, and the house looked nice. And basically, they gave it to us for the month, and um, we could use whatever we want. Um, so in that respect, like we just absolutely maximized. Um, like we had we had people donate furniture because um, you know it was an empty house. So you know, I put in a couch. Every everyone we knew gave us a couch or a chair or a table. So we hadn't enough to like decorate this whole house so it looked like it was lived in um so yeah everyone kind of came together on that which was good because it you know really helps make up for the issues that arise from uh from lack of budget and you know especially to like you know with the movies about a house party and you know basically we didn't have enough money to pay all the the extras just to stand around the house party hmm. so trying to get people to come out you know late at night uh to basically stand in the background of a, of a, a film you know it, it's hard so i was very happy that we were able to get you know quite a few people on some nights to come and and uh you know stand around and be background extras yeah um you know a lot of a lot of independent filmmakers they uh they like you said the money thing they run into a lot of issues when the fact that some of them don't even have a budget so uh what process what process did you do or how what did it take uh if you're talking to a one of these guys like what would you say you did to be able to start actually getting a budget and working with a production company? Um, well, basically, the production company is me. It's my own company. Okay. Um, I had a couple co-producers. We, um, you know, we, we basically figured out, like, the absolute minimum that we could do it for, and then we just made sure that between, like, us co-producers, we had enough, um, you know, money between our, you know, savings account and credit cards that we could, oh, yeah, if so we had to, like fund it ourselves. Completely so. Um, it was yeah. very, very like micro budget. Um, but then we we did a crowdfunding campaign, raised you know a few thousand from that, and then oh, nice. um, we had a guy, um, Alex Gallant, who's a an, a local actor here. He has like a company. They make um, like like uh, pipes and bongs and stuff. And he made a bunch of pipes and bongs with the Hotbox logo on them and gave them to us. You know, kind of like, I think we had like 50-some pipes or whatever. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we would sell those uh, and put the money towards uh, the movie. Um, we went, uh, they, like on the legalization day here, they had a screening of Dazed and Confused and like another stoner movie Yeah. Um, at, at one of our theaters. And the theater let us set up a, like a table in the lobby to sell, you know, the comic books that I make and to sell our uh, pipes and all that stuff. And that money went towards it. Um, <laughs> we held like a 50-50 really awesome. raffle. Uh, we had just you know people we know kind of you know donate money, and the next thing you know, it's like okay, we have enough to you know still put in a bit of our money, but our bit of our own money, but we had enough to finish the film. And since we after we finish, now we're in post. We've actually had people come forward and, and give us more money now that they've seen what we can do. Um, people are kind of coming forward and giving us money to help finish the movie. So it's a it's a it's a tough process, but we're we're getting to the point where people are seeing, basically seeing what I can do and uh, willing to invest in me and in the team. That's that's great that you're seeing a lot of growth from that. Um, one thing I'd like to ask is like, say someone was just starting off and you know, you've, you've got a little bit of experience under your belt, enough to be able to give advice. So what would you say to someone just starting uh, some, some tips, tips to uh, progress themselves, I guess? Well, like I always tell people, like um, it's even if you're just starting, it's like it wasn't that long ago that I was just starting. I mean, I've kind of been doing it for quite a while, but like I said, like I did, you know, 
the odd short film here and there, and they were pretty bad. It was only the last few years where I, you know, basically my career exploded in the last three or four years. Um, so no matter where you're starting, it's like, if I can do it, you can do it. Um, <laughs> it's just a matter of like, you know, if you have the idea for the script, you can just, you know, write, write it down, you'll write the script. If you're not that good at writing, you could just hire a writer. I mean, you could find a newer writer that'll work for fairly cheap. Just give them a little bit of money and you know, give them the pitch, and he'll you can hire them to write the script for you. Like I do that all the time. I make my living writing uh, screenplays for other people, and then just get a camera, whether it's a camera on your phone or something, and just start practicing. Like I used to when I was younger, I used to volunteer at the the town where I grew up at the local like cable TV station, um, and I used to go out and you know videotape uh, like local events and in exchange I got to take the video equipment out on weekends and film movies um, so and they were all really bad movies but it just you know you start doing that enough you start to get better um, edit my own movies and then you know fast forward a few years and you actually you can get pretty good so it's just a matter of instead of waiting around trying to figure out how to do it it's you know even just write a one or two page script that all takes place in one location with you know like two or three people and just, you know, film the story, you know, and then make the, start the same process again, make the next one. Um, you can put them on YouTube or whatever if you want, or if they're bad, you just don't have to show anyone. But just start getting that practice, and you'll be amazed how quickly you can get better. Yeah. And if you save up a bit of money, you can, you know, just start hiring a professional crew. Hire a director of photography and a professional sound person, and all of a sudden your movie just, you know, jumps in quality. Um and any skill that you don't have, you could just, you know, fill in by hiring someone. Like, like I hire all sorts of people, you know, things like costumes and makeup that I don't really know or care about. I just hire someone else to do that. Um, you know, special effects, I don't know how to do that. Color grading, I don't know how to do that. So I just hire people to do it. Um, you know, save up a bit of money and find out what people charge. And then once you start doing that, you put a team together. And then you could just focus on what you're good at. So, you know, I'll, I'll write the script, I'll direct but I have other people finding locations. You know, I have other people, um, you know, doing like the technical stuff. Uh, you know, I have other people kind of you know, deciding what gear we need and finding out where we're going to get the gear and getting the best deal on it. And we have other people that, you know, work out the logistics of like how we're going to transport everyone and transport the gear to the location and move the furniture. And, and next thing you know, I just have like a, a really nice operating team. Yeah. But it starts with basically you just have to have the balls to, kind of initiate the project because yeah, whatever yeah. I do I'm always the one that's like, like okay this is what we're doing we're doing this movie and you know you kind of spearhead it um so if you have that kind of courage you'll be amazed at how far you can go so in that's summary in summary there's no uh schematic for the get funds quick scheme I mean it's it's <laughs> yeah, no. it's straight hustling and like yeah. you're yeah. sitting there yeah. Busting, busting ass, because you know a lot of people. Like, do you, do you feel like a lot of people in the independent film community, especially those maybe starting off, uh, they're not willing, maybe not necessarily not willing to put in the work, but maybe they're not aware yeah, of the of amount of work that some people go through to actually get that level of success. They think it's just some simple, easy throwing something together, but you you know it takes a little bit more effort than just throwing stuff together. For sure. For sure. Yeah, it's um, it's it, it takes a lot of yeah, it does take a lot of work, and it's funny because yeah, we have a lot of time. People, you know, every all, you know, everywhere I go, people pitch me their their movie ideas, and it's just like, well, I have this idea for a movie, like like how do I get it made? And it's like ah, <laughs> oh, it's like this is like a like a nine hour conversation. You yeah, know, like, exactly. It's just like 
it's just like if you don't really know how, there's, there's no use in even you know trying at this point, right? You got to learn so much yourself. Um, however, on that note, it's kind of funny that I, I ran into an old high school buddy of mine. Um, I hadn't seen him in years, and he kind of saw what I was doing on Facebook, and he's like, you know, I had this like idea for like a, a sci-fi TV series, and so he started. He just hired me to write like a short script for him, and then I was like, you know what? If you like, if you can get the budget together, we can film this as a short film. And he has no idea how to even get started. But I was like, you know, I, I can I can produce a film. Um, so next thing you know, it's happening. We're shooting it um, two days over in, uh, March 16 and 17. Um, so, you know, and to him, it's just kind of amazing that he's able to pull this whole thing together and, uh, you know, see, see this whole exciting new process. Um, so it's kind of cool, too. Like, if you have the determination, you can partner with someone who wants to, you know, make a movie. You can really make it happen. It's just it's just an insane amount of hustle. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't Especially really have any advantage. You know, I don't have rich parents that are going to you know, give me a million dollars for a movie. Like I have to struggle for every cent. Right. You have to, it just, it takes so much hustle that it's almost, it's one part talent, but it's the other part is just that grit to be able to just constantly do it. And then when it's done, no matter you know how tired you are and how hard it was, do it again yep, get and ready keep doing it to improve your skills. And, and what's the uh, sci-fi show that you're going to be producing? It's called uh, The Hive. Okay. It's, um, I want to say it's kind of, I hate to say it's kind of like The Matrix, but it, you know, it's somewhat like that, but it's um, it's a bit different. So I guess you'll have to wait and see when it comes out. Okay. Or, um, the, so... the plan is, um, like he wants to do it as a series, but like, you know, to shoot a, like an hour-long pilot is kind of, we don't have that budget. Right. But uh, he has enough to do like a 10-minute short. So that's what we're going to kind of do just to get the ball rolling and, if all goes well, we want to have that kind of screen before the at the Hotbox premiere. We'll show this ten minute short, you know, followed by the the full Hotbox movie. Oh, that'd be awesome! So, so in the future, what are you looking forward to, like pushing and promoting the most? Personally, like what would you say that you're hoping has the most success? Uh, I want Hotbox to be huge. I think it has a potential because it is like an underdog. I mean, there's been other stoner comedies, but they're always you know multi million dollar big things. This is kind of like a low-budget Canadian stoner movie. Um, I think if, if we pitch it like that, I think there's going to be like a demand for it. Uh, I hope it's huge. Um, you know, it's funny. It, it you know, it's well done. Um, I think people are going to you know see a lot of value in it. I hope. Um, but the next big ones, we're uh, probably in April. Um, we're looking to start. We're doing a. I'm doing a slasher movie called Grotesque. And then in May, we're shooting um, another feature called uh, One Night Drunk, which is in a similar vein to kind of in the same genre as Hotbox. Um, so basically, I'm doing two features before in the first half of this year on top of uh, the Hive short. So it's a, a whole lot of stuff I'm going to be shooting. So that'll end up, that'll be pretty much four features I shot in a year, which wow. is insane. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that's super impressive. Uh, what's uh, what's this uh, one night drunk about? Basically, a guy uh, he has like a fight with his uh, fiance, so he goes to the bar and gets drunk, and he somehow loses his wallet and he loses his phone, and has no way of getting home. It's the middle of the night, so he decides to walk home across the city, um, and he just gets in kind of like a series of misadventures. Uh, <laughs> you know, someone offers him a ride, and they get sidetracked, and you know, he runs into all these kind of weird people and perilous situations, <laughs> and. Um, and no matter how hard he tries, he just can't get home. Just some, something always happens to, you know, send him in another direction, and he's just trying to get home. And uh, 
his whole life kind of is basically the whole night just kind of turns into a nightmare. <laughs> um, but by the time you know he wakes up on his front lawn in the morning, you know his kind of life has changed drastically. Um, so yeah, it's a comedy. Uh, it stars Adam Keefe, who's a pretty big actor here in Edmonton. Uh, he was one of the uh, characters in the Hot Box. So we're really looking forward to that. It's a uh, so few people have read the script and think it's hilarious. So we're just kind of doing some rewrites now, and we're getting ready to get into pre-production on that. Oh yeah, it sounds sounds great. It sounds magnificent. <laughs> I, I, Thank you. I'm looking Hot Box and One Night Drunk. I'm actually personally looking forward to those now. So. I'm glad. I'm glad we talked to you about it. Yeah. And uh, and grotesque. That that's going to be a classic, classic slasher uh, story. Or is there something more to it? Um, I, I wanted to go for you know I'm just like a big fan of like kind of like the late '70s and '80s slasher movies. Originally that was the plan. Like the it kind of came from like could we shoot? Uh, you know if we just got a few people together and go shoot something out in the woods or whatever could we do? Like could we shoot uh, like a a feature-length slasher in, like, five days. And there was some debate. Some people were like, yeah, we could do it. And some people are like, not a chance in hell. So I started writing the script, um, you know, kind of three-quarters of the way done the first draft. Um, but as soon as I, basically with the point now, it's like, okay, the story's way more complicated than originally thought. There's no way we could do it in five days. <laughs> so we might end up doing kind of like half before One Night Drunk and then half later. Um, we're still kind of planning that out, but basically it's a woman, um, with a huge nose. She goes to get plastic surgery, um, and she goes to the cheapest, you know, back alley plastic surgeon she can find. And he ends up botching the operation and her nose, basically she loses her nose. So she has this big gaping hole in her face. And now that she's disfigured, she kind of just snaps and goes on a rampage Jesus. Um, killing everyone that ever offended her basically oh my goodness that's pretty intense <laughs> yeah <laughs> now uh so i've got i've got something uh, kind of serious i need to get get to the bottom of what um i mean personally what is it about george bush senior and uh michael dukakis that really just drives that inspiration into you Oh, are we talking about that? Um, um, my story. Yeah, that was a long time ago. That was uh, I was in grade four. Not to date myself, but yeah, that was when hell was that? Like late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, for some reason that seemed to be uh, um, some sort of big moment. I get my dad was uh, my dad actually ran for uh, um, MP up here, which I guess would be the Canadian equivalent of a congressman. Okay. Um, when okay. I was a kid, he was big into politics, and he ran in a couple elections. So he would just, you know, always into politics, whether it was Canadian or American. So, you know, during that election, American election, you know, we had to watch every second of it. And I kind of thought it was boring as hell at that age. <laughs> but for some reason, that seemed like a good way to, to start that original story that I wrote in grade four, which kind of led to me becoming a writer. So um <laughs> kind of funny that you mentioned that because yeah that was so long ago <laughs> the uh now other than other than films you actually also do a uh, a comic book you have a comic book company called higher universe inc yep. and uh it looks like you're you have a quite a few uh comics you do from the misfits star girl ghoul squad alley cat stoner kid um, we were just looking at, uh, what was that, uh, one we were just looking at, dude with the shotgun, oh, and he no, shoots brutal. the dude, uh, brutal. 
Yeah. Brutal Jones. Yeah, Brutal Jones. That shit. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, he just shot him up the ass. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, but, um, it, so tell, tell me, uh, what got you into these, uh, the comic book writing and how's that coming along? Oh, it's going fairly well. Yeah, like I've always been, like, been into comics ever since I was a little kid. Um, and again, it was kind of right before I really started taking the movies seriously in the last few years. Um, I started doing comics with um, my co- uh, co-creator, uh, Adam Storzchuk. Um, anyway, we started doing one, and you know, we finished that and started selling it and did another and did another, and they kind of gained in popularity. Um, and you know, after we did that for a couple years, that's when I was like, you know what? Like I used to you know, do the filmmaking thing and the screenwriting thing. You know, now that I'm successful with the comics, maybe I can start doing that again. So I started doing the movies too, and the comic books have slowed down in the last year or two because – Basically, all my money is going into the movies, which are much more expensive. Yeah. Um, but we're still slowly releasing things, and uh, we actually we have a couple, like, what I call live-action Yeah, I noticed that. Out. I've seen. I've actually started seeing the live-action uh, comic book genre appear more often recently. I know yeah. there's a there's a uh, rock band that has a live-action comic book that they release. I can't remember what their name was. It's some lady. Some lady. It's like some weird uh, sci-fi comic book they do. And it's like a band, and it's connected to the like the band's backstory. But I noticed that you guys have a um, you guys have a live action comic book coming out soon. It looks like in 2019 called The Nothing Man. Yeah. What's yeah, up? Um, yeah. What's that about? It's basically character of Nothing Man. Basically, what happens like it's like a curse that gets passed on between uh, from one person to the next. And basically, if the Nothing Man is like if you have the curse and he's haunting you. Any like anyone you speak to, he will kill them. Um, so if you you know even say hello or talk on the phone to anyone, he'll like appear and like brutally kill them. So you all of a sudden cannot talk to anyone. And of course, as soon as you shut yourself off and stop talking to people, you know all your friends and family start wondering what's wrong with you. So they start trying to you know get a hold of you and talk to you, and you can't even say anything, which makes you basically go kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what happens, and the, the main character played by Skylar Radzian, who's kind of one of the um, one of the bigger names around here. She just moved to Vancouver recently to, to pursue bigger things. She plays the main character, and uh, Omar Abubakar, who's this uh, really tall um, um, guy who's a fairly new actor. I'm glad to have met him. He plays the the Nothing Man. Um, so we we that was like kind of midway through last year. We um, basically did all the photography and we're still in the process of slowly um doing the graphic design and lettering and all that and it'll be out sometime this year that's uh how, how, when when doing this how do you choose what photos to pick for the comic like how like you already have the idea of like what you're going to be taking pictures of and how you're going to lay it out or what yeah like uh, i write the i write the comic script the same as i do for like a drawn comic just kind of like what happens in each panel and the dialogue and then we'll just set up, you know, set up our lights or whatever and where, whatever we're shooting. And we'll just take a whole bunch of, you know, it doesn't take long to take, you know, 10 pictures. Um, so we'll get, you know, kind of some different angles and stuff. And then when we're doing the graphic design, we'll pick which ones work best. And, uh, you know, little things that we got to leave room for the word balloon. So we got to frame it properly. And uh, uh, and it's actually gone. Like, it, it went fairly well. That was our, the first one uh, we did. It's taken longer to do the graphic design stuff than I planned. I thought it'd already be out. By now, I think it was supposed to be out like October, um, and we're <laughs> cool. just still working on it. So it's—I mean—we got so many things that it's 
it's not really a priority, um, but it's you know it's slowly coming and will hopefully be out because we got a lot of people asking about it. So I could probably sell quite a few of them as soon as it's done. So um, comparing that to the creation process of just a, a normal comic book, which do you think is uh, like cheaper in the long run? And and I'm assuming I'm assuming that just a regular comic may be a little bit easier to do than this. No, actually, I find that the live action ones are kind of easier and cheaper to do um, than the drawn ones because you know if you want to get a, basically get a good artist, they they can get very expensive. Um, and but even just like painting actors and then kind of photographer a little bit, it just you can kind of get more done because um, you can basically shoot the entire thing in like like we did Nothing Man in less than a day. Um, I'd never done one, so I don't know how long it was going to take. And I think we had like basically like a full twelve hour day planned. And we ended up just finishing so early that, you know, we spent half the day kind of just sitting around waiting for, you know, locations to open or whatever. And it's like, okay, if we ever do this again, uh, we now know that we can do it way faster than we thought. Yeah. So yeah. is the uh, so is the Nothing Man going to be – it's only going to be the one issue or it's going to be multiple issues? It's supposed to be multiple issues, but now that Skylar's moved away, I'm not sure how that's going to work. Um, we have to fly her back to <laughs> – Oh, you're gonna to have do to kill more. her off. So we might just keep it as one, and then <laughs> recast pitch it as like a movie series or a, t- or a TV series or a movie, or we might just you know do a different. Because it's supposed to be kind of like you know Freddy Krueger or something or Candyman. You know, it's we can always have different people involved. Yeah. As long as nothing man's there. So I mean, once the first one's out, then it'll be time for to decide you know what where it goes from there. Now, out of uh, out of all your projects and everything, what? What's the biggest thing you're hoping to improve this year or uh, are you hoping to work on the most as far like our, yeah you, you mean like in the process Yeah, in the process is there anything that you that you hope to get better at or improve at or is there something that you're going to aim at like Yeah, the, what what would you personally Im- improve of yourself to help make this a better experience? Well, I want to basically I want to become a better director. Like I'm, I'm fairly competent at it, just because I've been, you know, the practice. But still, like I'm like number one. I'm a writer, and it wasn't even really till the last year or so that I really kind of want to be a director. Before it was like I would just do it for fun, and just because you know it was easier just to do it myself than hire someone else. Um, but as I kind of got better over the last year, I was like, you know what? Like I can kind of do this. I could be like a writer and director. Um, and I actually got hired. Like up until up until September last September, I'd only ever directed things that I wrote myself. But in September, I got hired um, to direct a short film called Hideaway, and that was the first time where I actually got, you know, basically I was just a hired gun to work on another project, and it went very well. And the the writer producer on that, Julie Whalen, uh, we kind of hit it off, and she's so great that she we ended up bringing her on as a producer for Hotbox. And then her and I have partnered on some other stuff, and now her and I are the ones doing One Night Drunk together. Um, so that kind of led to um, a great partnership. Um, but yeah, like I just I want to direct more and just you know, every, with everyone I do, I get a little bit better. And you know, I kind of wanted you know the comedy stuff I like, but I want to get back into horror because horror was kind of my main thing for a while. So I want to just direct some like like really awesome horror movies and just kind of make them the best I can. Like, Grotesque is kind of slasher, but then I want to do, uh, maybe next November, uh, The Man in the Box, which we've shot a trailer for it. Um, and I just want to, you know, make that one. That's more of, like, a kind of paranormal horror. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I guess to answer your question, I, just want, I want to become the best director I could possibly be. That's, that's really cool, man. That's really awesome. Uh, 
That was Brandon Rhinus. He is uh, with Higher Universe Inc., director of films coming out like Cold Comfort, Hot Box, One Night Drunk, Grotesque. He's got a lot of stuff coming in 2019. He's constantly working and on the grind. Is there anything that we may have left out, haven't asked, that you would like to uh, plug or say before, expand upon before we uh, conclude? Uh, no, I guess maybe just keep uh, your eye out on the... Um the Higher Universe Facebook page, or I guess the Hotbox Facebook page too, because the trailer should be out uh, like any day now, and uh, I hope everyone likes it, and keep your eye out for when the the movie is released. Oh yeah, sure, for, for sure. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. I really am. I'm not even, I'm not just saying that either. I'm, I'm, I'm getting pretty excited. That's <laughs> going to be pretty cool. So, Thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, I know it's uh, we we do these at last minute, so we're always very grateful to our guests. That, uh, yeah, sincerely, thank you, Brandon. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, thank you, man. Have have a good day, man. All right, man. Take it easy. Yeah, you too. Talk to you later. Very interesting. Um, we just finished up with Brandon Rhines, and before that, we talked to Jerry O'Brien. Uh, these are. Interesting guest. Two interesting guests. I'm, I'm glad that we're, we're expanding and getting all these guests. If you like what you heard today, uh, please, please, please follow us. Uh, subscribe to us. We are on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, who knows how you're listening? Um, uh, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter, even though I do not post that much on Twitter. Uh, follow us on our Facebook group at Opinions and Beer. And, yeah, we're growing, getting better. I say we're getting better, but, you know, that's just, that's just my opinion. (laughs) And that's fine. Or is it fine? I hope we're doing better. (laughs) This is Opinions and Beer. Opinions and Beer. Opinions and Beer. Can't go wrong with opinions and beer, opinions and beer, opinions and beer. All we got here are opinions ah! and beer. <laughs> <laughs>